Amen. Amen. Jesus never fails, does he? Amen. I have failed God more times than I could ever remember. I mean, I, more times than I want to remember, too. But I, and I know the devil keeps a good record of that. But uh, God has a clear record. Amen. Jesus never fails. And I praise the Lord for that tonight. If you'll stand with us, Psalms chapter 28. And uh, I appreciate being able to be in God's house on this last service of 2017. Glad to be at Bible Baptist. Amen. And uh, as we get ready to close this year out. And uh, you know, I said that. This is the last Wednesday night. That's what I meant to say. It's not the last service, but it is the last Wednesday night service. That's what I had on my mind. But we stu- we are having church Sunday. I want to make that clear, okay? So I tell you, calling services off. How many of y'all Sunday night felt strange? Amen. I know it's something we have to do sometimes, but uh, uh, we don't never hardly do that. And I tell you, Sunday night felt so strange to me. Uh, even if you're with family, you just you when Sunday night rolls around, you ought to be in church. Amen. And uh, and I'm not fussing about that. I'm glad everybody had an opportunity to see their family, but uh, it does throw you off just a little bit. But uh, I'm glad that God let us be here on this last Wednesday night service of this year. Psalms chapter 28 and verse number one. The Bible says, Unto thee will I cry, O Lord my rock. Be not silent to me, lest if thou be silent to me, I become like them that go down into the pit. Hear the voice of my supplication when I cry unto thee, when I lift up my hands toward thy holy oracle. Draw me not away with the wicked and with the workers of iniquity, which speak peace to their neighbors, but mischief is in their heart. Give them according to their deeds and according to the wickedness of their endeavors. Give them after the works of their hands. Render to them their desert, because they regard not the works of the Lord, nor the operations of his hands. He shall destroy them and not build them up. Blessed be the Lord, because he hath heard the voice of my supplications. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusteth in him. I am helped, therefore my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song will I praise him. The Lord is their strength, and he is the saving strength of his anointed. Save thy people, and bless thine inheritance. Feed them also, and lift them up forever. Let's bow for a word of prayer, and then you can be seated. Our precious Heavenly Father, Lord, we want to thank you for the good testimonies we've heard tonight. Thank you for the songs that have been sung. And Lord, we glorify and we magnify your name. Lord, you're worthy to be praised tonight. And we thank you for the privilege to be in the house of God. I pray now that you'll take and touch the reading of thy word. I pray, God, that you'll give us liberty. Lord, help us to say only the things you would have us to say. God, may we not say anything that would grieve the Holy Spirit in any way. But God, may you be glorified. May your son be magnified and the church be edified. And we'll thank you for it all. For we do ask it in Jesus' name. Name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to preach from Psalms 28 on this subject on how to go from anxiety to assurance. Amen. On how to go from anxiety to assurance. I was reading this psalm this morning and I thought about Psalms 28, how that Psalms 28 is the opposite of Psalms chapter 27. In Psalms 27, uh, David starts out in faith, but he winds up in fear. And oftentimes, that's where we find ourselves. And he closes Psalms 27 by saying, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. If you're here tonight and you say, Well, preacher, I 
I started the day out in faith, but I ended it up in fear. What am I supposed to do? You're supposed to do what David said in that verse there, and that's just simply wait on God. And the reason that psalm links with Psalms 28 is because that whenever faith turns into fear, if we'll just exercise patience and wait on God, what God will do is He'll take our anxiety and He will eventually, in His own time and in His own way, He will give us the full assurance that we need uh, to go on for the glory of God. And that's what we'll find in Psalms chapter 28 tonight, that in this psalm here, David is crying out to God in verse number 1 and verse number 2, and he has a prayer. He has a twofold prayer in this psalm, and it's simply this. He prays in the first three verses that God might protect him. And I think every child of God will pray that, if not once, uh, several times throughout our life. We will pray for the protection of God. Sometimes that protection is prayed against things that we can see and sometimes we pray it against things that we cannot see. But David is praying for the protection of God. He says, Lord, would you protect me? And then in verse number 4 and verse number 5, he prays that God would punish them. Amen? He prays that God would protect him, but he prays that God would punish them. I have to say tonight, there has been times uh, uh, just like David when I've said, Dear God, uh, uh, would you take care of me? And God, would you reward them according to their own iniquity? Amen. I'm telling you, friend, there's one thing that I never want. I never want the people of God praying against me. Amen. I mean, listen, uh, uh, you say, well, preacher, we ought not do that. We're to pray for our enemies, and rightfully so. We're to pray for our enemies. Uh, but in doing that, sometimes uh, uh, God lays out a specific order in how that we are to pray for our enemies, such as in this psalm here. I think about Paul in the New Testament when Paul turned over one man for the destruction of the flesh. Uh, he turned him over that he might be given unto Satan. Uh, and friend, that's not the kind of prayers that we want to pray. And we're not to pray for God to kill somebody. Uh, but sometimes we pray, Lord, if that's what they want uh, and they have done much evil, then Lord, you reward them according to their deeds. Amen. And that's, uh, that's Galatians chapter 6. Uh, uh, where the Bible says uh, uh, for whatsoever man soweth of that shall he also reap amen and so David prays for God to protect him but then he prays for God to punish them uh, and you know that God uh, will take care of his children but when we come to Psalms chapter 28 tonight uh, David wrote this psalm in a time uh, when Absalom had overthrown the kingdom Absalom had come in and stole the hearts of the men of Israel and turned the hearts of the men of Israel away from the king and had turned them toward himself. And Absalom had now had created havoc in the life of David. And David is praying not just because of his son but he's praying that God would salvage the kingdom. Amen. You see David was a man that though he loved his own family he was a man after God's own heart. And he loved God more than he loved anybody else. Amen. Is that not what Jesus said in the New Testament uh, that our love for God when it's compared to our love even for our own family uh, should not even be in comparison. Amen. It ought to seem like a man hating his own father and his mother and his own brother. It's not talking about that we should literally hate them but it is teaching us that our love for God must be priority and it must be supreme in all of our life. Amen. 
And David protected the work of God. He protected the kingdom. It, it mattered most to David because uh, it mattered most to God. Amen. And so because of that, David is praying even though he knows uh, that he, the one that he has loved the most, his own son, has hurt him and tried to go against him. But notice David's request here in verses 1 and 2. As he says, unto thee will I cry, O Lord my rock, be not silent to me, lest if thou be silent, I become like them that go down into the pit. He said, hear the voice of my supplications when I cry unto thee, when I lift up my hands toward thy holy oracle. Now think about these two verses tonight. I see in verse number 1 where I see this phrase where David says unto thee, notice this, will I cry. And then in verse number 2, he said, hear the voice of my supplication. Notice this, when I cry. And I thought about this this morning. I thought, when will you and I cry out to God? Amen. David found it oftentimes as he would cry out to God. And David's prayer is with tears. He said, Lord, he said, would you hear my cry? Do you know that God hears the cry of his children? Oftentimes we pray little prayers that never even get above our heads because there's no earnestness. There's no desperation. There's no sincerity in it. We're just praying to be praying. But I'll tell you when God comes to our beckon and call is when we reach that point of desperation and the tears begin to flow and words will not describe the condition of our own heart. God sees the cry of the heart for it's with the heart man believes unto righteousness. Amen. And God looks upon the heart and David is crying out with all of his heart for God to listen and for God to hear him. Amen. You see, tonight you and I need to do that same thing in our life. There ought to be things that we're crying to God for. David is requesting to God with tears. You say, preacher, I pray, but do we pray with tears tonight? Oftentimes in our churches, our tear ducts have dried up. And David says in verse number 1, his greatest fear is that God would be silent. He says, Here unto thee will I cry, O Lord, my rock. Notice this. He said, Be silent to me. Or he said, Be not silent to me, lest uh, if thou be silent to me, notice what he said, I become like them that go down into the pit. I see that David's request is with tears, uh, but it's also with truth. Amen. Because David never got away from the truth uh, that it was God that was blessing him and that it was God that had put him in the place and the the position that he was in. You know, I believe tonight with all of my heart that God will bless us as long as we recognize our place, as long as we stay in our place, as long as we realize that it's God that is doing the blessing, that it's not anything to do with me, it's not anything that I have done, it is what God has done. Amen. You know, oftentimes that's when people shipwreck their lives is when we trust the arm of the flesh. When we listen to the devil who will oftentimes, you know, if the devil ever starts bragging, you better stop listening. Amen. Is that right? 
If the flesh ever starts pumping your ego, you better turn it off immediately. Amen? You see, the flesh has told you and I all of our life that we're a pretty good person. When you know that's not true, there's none that doeth good. No, not one. But how quick we are to listen to the flesh. How quick we are to listen to the devil when it starts pumping things in our direction. But you know why David was sitting on that throne and saw what? Because David was little in his own eyes. And there was a time when Saul was little in his own eyes but when Saul exceeded the throne Saul thought that he was big and bad he thought he was he was unstoppable and God proved that it was him that gave him the kingdom and it was him that could take it away I'm going to tell you it doesn't matter how much we've been blessed in this life it's God that gives the blessings friend and if you and I ever forget that God may dry up the vine he may dry up the well friend and the blessings won't flow anymore but if we'll be of a humble spirit if we'll recognize that we're nothing if we'll recognize we can't do nothing then God will put his blessings on our life see I think God has to let people hit bottom before they'll ever open their eyes and look up brother I'm telling you God may put the blessings on us but sometimes he'll jerk the rug out from under us in our minds, we think things are going to turn out a certain way and God let them turn out another way on purpose just to show us you need me. Without me, you can't do nothing. Y'all still with me tonight? I'm talking about freeing the flesh, amen. I'm talking about the devil will we'll make us think that we're a good person. David is sitting on that throne. Absalom takes that throne away from David. It looks like Absalom has won. It looks like David is going to lose. David is running. He's hiding. He's in a little cave with about four to 600 men. And listen, Absalom has got the whole heart of the kingdom. But Absalom underestimated one person in his plan. He underestimated God, amen, that my my friend, the things of this life are not mine for the taking. Amen. They're not mine for the getting. Everything belongs to God. I may try to get it by my own merit. I may try to get it by my own hand. But God will quickly and swiftly take it away. And David said, Dear God, if you don't hear me, the truth of the matter is I'm become as one of them that go down into the pit. He said, God, if you don't help me, I'm as good as already dead. Amen. And can I tell you something? When I I get up in the morning and when you get up in the morning if God don't help me if God don't help you if he don't hold back the evil forces of darkness if he don't protect us while we drive up and down the road if he don't watch over our children and our families and our homes we're as good as dead as if we already was in the grave but you know how you made it through 2017 by the good hand of God amen I tell you how we're still afloat I tell you how we're still in church it's the grace of God. It's the mercy of God. It's the protection of God. Friend, he's took care of us every step of the way. Hallelujah. And I see David's request is with tears. I see his request is with truth. And then I see his request is with the tabernacle. Notice what he said in verse number two. He said, hear the voice of my supplication when I cry unto thee, when I lift up my hands, notice this, toward thy holy oracle. Now you think about this. David has now left the kingdom. He is running and he can see Jerusalem afar off. 
And David cannot go back to Jerusalem, that place of worship. That's where the tabernacle was. That, that's, where the, that's where the Ark of the Covenant was. And David could not go back because of Absalom. He has been run off. And so now all David can do is stand afar off. That oracle is the holiest place of the tabernacle. It's the holiest of holies where God dwells. And David is looking afar off. And David, all he can do is raise his hands toward that holy city and worship from a far off distance. You know, sometimes it seems like worship is like that. Sometimes it seems like God is so near. Sometimes it seems like the presence of God is so real. But then other times, it seems like we're worshiping from afar off. But can I tell you something, friend? It doesn't matter if I'm in the presence of God or if I'm having to worship afar off. He's still worthy to be praised. Amen? When it looked like David had lost the throne, when it looked like David had lost the hearts of the men that were serving him, when it looked like David had lost the kingdom. David still had one thing that was important. He had not lost his worship. Amen. The conditions were not the best. Uh, everything wasn't the way David wanted it to be. But David could still worship God. He could still raise his hands uh, toward that holy place uh, and magnify the Lord. Amen. Uh, can I tell you something tonight? Every one of us uh, it doesn't matter where we're at in this life. Uh, uh, we ought to be like David. Amen. We ought to say I will bless the Lord at all times. Uh, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah. He's worthy, isn't he? Amen. I'm telling you, God's worthy to be praised when I'm healthy, but he's worthy to be praised when I'm sick. Amen. He's worthy to be praised when I got money, and he's worthy to be praised when I ain't got two nickels to rub together. He's worthy to be praised when things are going right, but he's worthy to be praised when things are going wrong. He's worthy to be praised when I'm up, but he's worthy to be praised when I'm down. He's worthy to be praised when I'm young, but he'll be worthy to be praised when I am old. God is worthy to be praised. Amen. And I think the Lord takes us through the different facets of life to teach us how to worship Him and praise Him in the good times and even in the bad. On the mountaintop and down in the valley. And just when we think we have learned how to worship God, He will turn another chapter in this, in this book of life and show us how to worship Him in areas that we have never seen. I see David's request. I, I see David's reason for worshiping or for praying this prayer. He is full of anxiety, but he's seeking assurance. As he said, draw me not away with the wicked and with the, the workers of iniquity which speak peace to their neighbors, but mischief is in their hearts. I, you see, I see three words in verse number uh, 4 tonight uh, verse number 3 I see the word wicked the word iniquity and the word mischief and when you think about those three words tonight that word wicked means that they had no rest uh, because the wicked have no rest tonight the Bible says that the wicked are like the troubled sea in other words they can't find any peace uh, uh, but you and I can pray even in our anxiety you know what we can find we can find peace amen and God's able to give peace uh, without really ever giving us the answer. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Have you ever prayed for the answer and the answer didn't come but peace did come? 
Have you ever laid your head down at night and the problem was as real when you laid it down, your head down as it was when you got up that morning? The problem hadn't changed, but God had changed you. Amen? He had gave you assurance the wicked have no rest. Uh, when I think about iniquity, that means they have no rules, uh, that they live how that they want to live. They, they do what they want to do. But we that are saved, uh, we don't have to live that way, thank God. Amen? I'm glad that we don't have to be shackled to sin. We're not a slave to sin anymore. But thank God we've been set free by the grace of God. Amen. You know, tonight I thank God for rules. Amen. Uh, we live in a day when people don't want any rules. Do you know what this book is tonight? This is God's rule book. Amen. You know why they work so hard to take out the these and the thous and the thuses and the shall nots? Because they don't like rules. Do you know what God's rules is? They are the building blocks that leads us to the path of peace and happiness and life. The rules of God's book are not to bind us, but they are to set us free. The rules in this book are boundaries that, that keeps things out that can harm us and keeps us in a safe place. You don't put a fence up uh, uh, necessarily because you want to be mean to your children. You put a fence up because you want to keep danger out and you want to keep what's precious to you in. Amen? And that's what God's uh, book is. It's a book of rules. Uh, and thank God for some rules to live by. Amen? It teaches you how to live life. Uh, but iniquity speaks of no rules. Uh, and and mischief speaks of no restraints. Amen. It means that the wicked will stop at nothing. The Bible said mischief is in their heart. I want to tell you sometimes even in church uh, people can get mischief in their heart. Even saved people we can get mischief in our heart. We have to be careful that we keep a clean heart and clean hands uh, before God and before each other. We have to keep short accounts with God and, and, with, and with man and not allow sin to rule and reign in our hearts. Amen. You see, there was a time when Absalom was not an Absalom. But there came a day when mischief got in his heart. You know, that scares me tonight. Because our heart is desperately wicked. And we can't even know our heart. Boy, it's so easy for mischief to get in our heart. Now, you might be here tonight, and I'm sure nobody would think this, but... You might be here tonight, someone, and say, well, I don't have any mischief in my heart. Well, I would say to you, I don't know if there's any mischief in my heart. Only God knows that. What I do is I pray, God, if there's anything in my heart that don't need to be there, would you show it to me? I'll tell you something about the Holy Spirit in prayer. He will show you those things. He don't care about our feelings, does he? Y'all still with me tonight, aren't you? It's just 10 to 7 in Alabama. We're doing great. Amen. But you know what? I prayed things and I thought my heart was clean. I thought it was clear. And I'd go to pray and I'd say, Lord, if there's something in my heart. But I knew in my heart there was. But you know what? You can't trust your heart. I hear people say all the time, well, if I know my heart. You don't know your heart. Or sometimes when people say, well, I just believe in my heart. Well, you better have more than that. That heart's deceptive, friend. 
I've prayed a lot of times, God, if there's something in my heart that don't need to be there, it's amazing how the Holy Spirit will reveal things in our life. Amen. And there's no restraint. And David's reason for praying was because the wicked had came against him. His own people, his own brethren had turned against him. He said, give them according to their deeds. I I see a righteous tone in what David is praying. David doesn't want to see harm to anybody. David doesn't want to hurt anybody. But David is not praying for the cause of David. David is praying for the cause of God. And sometimes those prayers have to be prayed. There has been times when I have prayed, God, protect your work. God, protect your church. God, uh, uh, protect those things or those individuals or those things that may hinder what it is you're trying to do. It's never a prayer that we want to pray, but it is a prayer sometimes that must be prayed. And I see a righteous tone in what David is praying in verse number 4. I see a reasonable tone in verse number 5. Notice what he said. Because they regard not the works of the Lord nor the operation of his hands, he shall destroy them and not build them up. You know what David says in this psalm? He says, God, I know that because Jerusalem is that holy place, and I know that because mischief is in Absalom's heart as much as I love him, he said, God, I know that you'll not let him prevail. It's good to know tonight the wicked cannot prevail. You know what Satan wants every one of us to think tonight? Is that he's going to win. Can I tell you something about the devil? He's never wanted anything. He always loses. God always wins. He lost in Genesis chapter 3. He lost in Luke chapter 23. He loses in Revelation chapter 20. I'm telling you, and everywhere else, he lost in Job chapter number 1. Amen. He lost in Mark chapter number 4 with Jesus. Amen. Everywhere you turn, the devil's a loser. He can't win at nothing. Uh, Sometimes it may look like he's going to win. You say, well, he's defeated me. I'm sure. And he's defeated me. But you know what? God always has a way of coming out on top and bringing somebody with him. Amen. I'm telling you, he he brought Job out on top. He brought Adam out on top. Even with a sentence of death lurking over him, God had already had a plan, already had a way, already had a method, and already had a man. There was a lamb that had already been slain. And God said, Adam, when it looks like you have lost and the devil's won, God said, I'll come out on top. And at Calvary, he won it all. When he said it was finished, amen, he bought everything in the past, in the present, and in the future. Friend, God can't lose, and the devil can't win tonight, amen. And we ought to just trust him with that. I see David's request. I I see David's reason. And then I close with this tonight. I see David's rejoicing. Amen. When you get down to verse number 6, notice this. His anxiety begins to come, turn into assurance. As David said, blessed be the Lord. Notice this. Because he hath heard the voice of my supplication. You know what I wrote beside that verse? I wrote, God answered his prayer because in verse number two David said hear the voice of my supplication when I cry and in verse number six he said because he hath heard the voice of my supplication David said in verse number six that God heard what I have been praying in verse number two well I mean y'all tonight can testify God answers prayer you want to get blessed tonight get you a prayer book get you a prayer list And when one of them prayers gets answered, don't just cross it out. You're to highlight it. And every time the devil says, well, God ain't going to answer that, just read the highlights. Amen. Go back and read the highlights of your prayer life. 
When you're praying something and God said, there ain't no point in praying that. Or the devil said, there ain't no point in praying that. You know that God ain't going to answer that. You'll just turn that book around and say, devil, have you read the highlights in this prayer book lately? Amen. I guarantee you if you'll pray long enough and if you'll ask God and if you'll be patient and be faithful, you'll get some highlights. Amen. Because God is no respecter of persons tonight. How many of y'all can say God has heard some prayers in 2017? Amen. Hey, that's something worth shouting about. Amen. That God is still answering that not just way back yonder has he answered prayer but even this year God has heard and he has answered our prayer amen you think about this church listen this time last year we owed $154,000 now we're debt free amen and got about $80,000 in the bank isn't that a blessing you know who did that God did it amen he didn't send a millionaire by. He could have, but he didn't do that. He used a bunch of poor people, amen, that just said, well, sacrificially give. Hey, that encourages me to know that if God did that for our church this time last year, wonder what God's going to do another year from now, amen, because God will hear us and answer prayer if we'll just pray, amen. I remember August the 3rd, I said, God, please, would you help me with this? I said, three times a day I'm going to pray about this. And God answered it mid-October. You know why? Because, not because I'm anything great. I can't do anything. In fact, I even prayed and I said, there's just no way God's going to answer this prayer for me the way that I need it answered. But you know what? He did. Because that's who He is. Amen. Now, he don't always answer prayers the way that I ask for them to be answered. But He always answers the prayer. And there are, He always answers it the best way it should be answered. There was something I asked God for he didn't do. And I, about a year later, I looked back and I said, Boy, Lord, I, I, God, I'm so thankful you didn't answer that prayer the way I was praying. I thought I was praying in the right direction. But thank God for the Holy Spirit. Amen. That helpeth. I, he helps us when we pray. I mean, no doubt the Holy Spirit went to, went to the uh, Son and the Son went to the Father and said, Now, Lord, he's praying for this, but that ain't really what he needs. And that ain't really what he means, amen? I don't look so sanctified because I'm sure he's had to do that on your behalf too, amen? I'm saying with our very best, we can rejoice uh, that we serve a God that cares uh, enough to answer our prayers in the right form and fashion. And David is rejoicing. Uh, he's rejoicing in this great strength. As he said, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusteth in him and I am helped, amen? Have you ever been able to go to church and say, boy, I just got helped? Amen. Have you ever read your Bible one morning and God give you a verse of scripture and you just say, man, it's always good, but I just got some help. Amen. I mean, there's no help like when God reaches down and helps you. Friend, that's assurance that'll overcome every anxiety in our life. It helps us to rise above the circumstance. We can rise above the storm. We can rise above the problems and we can walk ahead with full assurance that God is in control control of our life and I see here that there's a glad song as he said he said therefore my heart greatly rejoiceth with my song will I praise him David is, turns his sobbing into singing and the singing always outweighs the sobbing when you serve God I wonder tonight as we stand you may be here tonight as we close this year out there may be something troubling you. As we get ready to close this year out, this last Wednesday night's prayer meeting service, maybe you're here tonight, 
and there's some anxiety. Maybe there's something that's plagued you, something that's bothering you. Maybe there's something that is a burden to you tonight. Why don't you put it on this altar? No need to go home and worry about it and fret about it. Let God give you assurance. Don't dwell on it. Don't let it consume you. Don't let it be what gets you up in the morning and what goes to bed with you at night. Put it on this altar and let God help you tonight. As we bow our heads for just a moment, if you need to come, she's going to play softly. That's right, folks are coming. You mind the Lord tonight if you need to come. If the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart, would you obey Him tonight? Would you come? Would you let God have His way? Whatever it is, put it on this altar. Trust Him with it tonight. Don't take it home with you. Don't let it weight you down. Put it on this altar and say, God, this thing may have been heavy. It may have been, it may have been something that has lingered for many days, but I'm going to give it to you tonight. I'm going, I'm going to trust you with it. God is able. Lord, I pray tonight. I pray in Jesus' name. Lord, if there's anybody else here tonight that's got a burden, maybe a burden that has weighed heavy for a long time, God, give them peace. Lord, give them that full assurance. Lord, you may give them the answer tonight, and you may not, but I know you can give them the assurance. I know you want them to have the assurance that the answer's on the way, that, God, you know what is best in our life, and I pray for your will to be done. If you need to come tonight, folks are praying. You let God have his way in this service. He's able to speak peace tonight. Yes. He's able to give comfort tonight. Job said he knoweth the way that I take. And he knows tonight. God knows.